Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. There was a testy exchange, many of you know, between uh, the Federal Environment Minister Stephen Gilbo. He started it. And uh, he was responded uh, to by the Premier of Saskatchewan, Scott Moe. Gilbo stated that if Saskatchewan refuses to follow environmental edicts from Ottawa concerning the operation of coal plants in the province between 2030, it will be a violation of Canadian criminal law. So there's an implied or very direct threat there. Premier Moe responds, by the way, Mr. Gilbo, you haven't won the next election yet. And your popular sport across the country uh, descended in 2019 over what you had in 2015 because, of course, you went from majority to minority government. Then you got less popular support in 21 than you had in 19. And even the prime minister in his own riding of Papineau, his popular support in his own riding has gone down in 2019 and 21. Anyway, uh, Premier Moore responded to Gilbo that he will make sure, the Premier, that the people of Saskatchewan, when they flip a switch, will have access to heat and hydro during the worst of winter. And if that's a criminal law violation, the Premier challenged Mr. Gilbo, come and get me. Premier Mo joins us on the Roy Green Show. I don't think he's coming, Premier. <laughs> yeah, I, I tend to agree uh, with you, uh, Roy. Roy, let me first say I uh, missed you uh, while you were gone uh, for a bit, like many of your your listeners, and we're very happy to hear you back on the air, and we wish you uh, the very best uh, each and every day, uh, right out till 2030, until the day when I'm uh, quite likely not going to be picked up by uh, Mr. Cabot. Well, uh, I thank you for that, and uh, I, if, if, if there's anything that's going on around 2030, I will still be here. And I'm going to be there in Saskatchewan. Perfect. So why, why do you think this continues? We have, again, the federal environment minister, this is supposed to be the federal government of Canada dealing with a very contributing province, understanding they should, that the provinces have the constitutional right to manage natural resources. You have a federal minister suggesting if you defy Ottawa and keep coal plants open, you'll be in violation of criminal law. That's just... That's just um, that's just petty. Well, it's poor policy, and 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 it, it really is the result of a number of poor policies uh, that have uh, been brought in, uh, and I would say policies where. Uh, there's been very little collaboration with the provinces or with power generators uh, across the province. Uh, you know, listen, they, um, e- even up to and including the, the final policy that we haven't seen the regulations for, and I'll, I'll walk through all of the policies in a bit here if you'd like, but sure. uh, the, the, clean, the clean electricity standards, which would be the, the, the final one that is uh, really uh, 
Well, one, it's not going to be achievable. But th- when you look at the parameters set out for the clean electricity standards, uh, they, they want to have affordable power, reliable power, and, and to reduce the, the greenhouse gas emissions or our emissions from our, our power sources across, across Canada. We agree with all of that. And I, think, I don't think there's anyone that doesn't. That's why Alberta has been transitioning coal to natural gas. That's why we in Saskatchewan have been transitioning coal to natural gas and renewables, geothermal, wind, uh, solar, uh, all, uh, really on, on all of the uh, above-the-line approach. Um, but the, 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 to sacrifice the reliability and affordability of our electrical grid, uh, simply to achieve a, uh, an ideological or notional target that the uh, federal government has put in, um, first target was 20, net zero by 2050, then quickly changed to net zero by 2035, which is unachievable in many jurisdictions including ours, but many others, uh, to, to just put uh, that, that ideological target in and say, if you're not going to meet this, uh, you most certainly you're going to see provinces like ours, quite likely Alberta, and maybe some others that are going to uh, start pushing back and, and putting in place uh, legislation to protect uh, their provincial jurisdiction and to essentially shield uh, our residents and our industries that are employing our residents in our, in our province from uh, these, these unachievable unrealistic policies that, uh, you know, continue to be layered one over the other uh, by the by the federal government without any consultation, any question as to whether uh, we are even going to be able to achieve them or whether they're going to be affordable for our, our residents. Premier, tell us about the policies. Well, <laughs> excuse me, there's a number of policies. You know, and I would date back to the Conservative government in 2012 when uh, the the Conservative government at that point said, listen, we need to have a serious conversation about phasing out of coal over the next number of years in Canada. And they said, by 2030, we don't want you building any new coal plants and any existing plants that you have. We want you to run them till end of life and then transition those to a different a different source. That makes sense. That works. That keeps uh, power affordable. It keeps it reliable. And it works us towards reducing the emissions, reducing our emissions. Uh, in 2018, the federal government said, well, we're not going to, we're going to remove the end of life piece. So by 2030, they all close down. There's multiple coal-fired plants across the province and across the nation, uh, including ours with a carbon capture and storage facility on it, that um, that have a lifespan out beyond uh, 2030. And so that stranding those assets increases prices and most certainly reduces the reliability. Uh, second, uh, the, the infamous carbon tax that was uh, to be collaborated on and uh, then introduced, promised never to go above $50, now up to $170, and quite likely uh, going to go above that if this current administration has their way. Uh, 2019 natural gas fired regulations were brought in. Those will be built on now and and uh, and 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 changed and made much more stringent so that natural gas likely isn't going to be uh, a tool that can be used uh, post 2035. And when you think about Alberta or Saskatchewan or other Ontario that have transitioned much of their coal fired power to natural gas, uh, that is again going to strand assets, increase uh, ultimately the cost. And then the, the net zero target by 2050 that was put out in 2020 was then changed to 2035, uh, just two years later. And so these shifting sands uh, in, in regulatory changes and added stringency, they don't align with what the United States is doing. Uh, the United States most certainly is looking at renting their assets out to the end of their life so that they have reliable power, they have affordable power. 
but yes, are working to reducing uh, their emissions. That's what we're going to do here in Saskatchewan, and that's what we had uh, put forward uh, a number of weeks ago. Now, this isn't about fighting with the federal government. This is about what is achievable, what is affordable, um, what will retain a, a reliable power supply for Saskatchewan residents and, and the industries that are operating here. Uh, we need to have competitive power and reliable power for them. But all the while, we're going to continue to reduce our emissions. We're looking at SMRs. As I said, we're investing in renewables. We're transitioning uh, to natural gas. Um, so we're, we're doing all of the, the things that we need to do to address really the three points that the federal government has put in place, a reliable power grid, an affordable power grid, and, and we're marching towards reducing our emissions as well. And your responsibility is to look after the people of Saskatchewan. Absolutely. That's, that is our responsibility, and it is our responsibility to, uh, you know, work with other provinces uh, across Canada as well. And, and so we, we reserve the right as, in, in provincial jurisdiction to determine how we develop our natural resources and how we generate our electricity. And, and so what we have essentially said is that we appreciate the federal government's targets so that they're putting, putting in place, um, but they don't have authority in this space. The provinces do. And so we're going to have uh, our own plan, a Saskatchewan plan, that works for us. Uh, it's affordable. We've invited the federal government to participate in that plan to a much lesser degree than they're participating in uh, creating, uh, preserving and creating uh, jobs in, in Ontario through investments in Volkswagen and, and Stellantis. Um, they can preserve and create many more jobs uh, by investing a, a fraction of that amount in the Saskatchewan power grid, likely our, our SMR uh, to be power grid um, in in uh, in the jobs that are already here today in mining and agriculture and, and the energy industry, uh, but also the jobs that are are coming tomorrow. I was just yesterday or Thursday, pardon me, at the uh, the the sod turning for a, a canola crush plant that we have in Saskatchewan that's doubling its capacity. And so, uh, many good things coming uh, going on here in Saskatchewan on the industry front, creating jobs, and we're not going to risk that by having a uh, an intermittent power supply and, and a power supply that our residents and our industries uh, uh, can't afford. You said earlier that the rest of Canada, other provinces are involved, and they are. I mean, I look at what happened in Europe when this winter passed, was just beginning, and the fear there was of um, blackouts and brownouts. And we spoke with the former head of energy security for France, who was on this program quite regularly, saying that was coming, and somehow they managed to avoid it. But Europe had uh, turned to wind and solar, and it was so dependable that what happened, the European leaders came to Canada, certainly the, the Chancellor of Germany did, virtually begging for Canada's natural gas. That should ring a bell in Ottawa, shouldn't it? Well, certainly. Uh, the European Union, uh, not every uh, country in the European Union, but many of them. France would be an exception that has adopted nuclear power to a, to a large degree, uh, and maybe a few other... Uh, but they only uh, have one plant left in France. That's right. Um, but largely the European Union has sacrificed uh, their energy security by implementing policies. Uh, the, 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 the Russian uh, invasion of Ukraine most certainly uh, is bringing this to light uh, because they've been relying on Russia for, for their energy security because they sacrificed their own energy, uh, domestic energy production in the name of environmental policy. And so uh, that, that's the first challenge is, is they're energy secure in the Europe, insecure in the European Union. And uh, we are heading that same direction in Canada by implementing similar policies. The second challenge is the cost of, of electricity, the cost of power, essentially, in the European Union, um, because they're reliant on other areas and heavily regulated uh, for any domestic production, 
has become has has doubled, tripled, and in some cases uh, quadrupled, and then it so it has largely become very challenging to pay your 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 power your hydro bill at the end of the month in in the European Union. And so yes, they 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 skated through the winter, but there's another one uh, that will be coming. And I I would suggest that we not only in Canada but in North America should not sacrifice our energy security or our food security for that matter. Um, and we should uh, be focused on yes, uh, reducing our emissions, but not at the cost of of uh, creating uh, unaffordable and ultimately a um, unreliable power grid. No, and in Germany they were turning down the uh, the heat, ordering the turning down of the heat in public buildings to uh, 19 degrees Celsius. They were turning off traffic lights in some areas of Berlin at night to, to conserve energy. Wind and solar just didn't provide them what they required. Premier, uh, you, you have an ally in just elected Alberta Premier Daniel Smith who also issued a warning to Justin Trudeau. How do you see your two provinces, and you've both enacted legislation to protect the provincial rights to natural resources, how do you see the two provinces working together? Well, I, I think you'll, you'll always see Alberta and Saskatchewan aligned just simply because of the industries that create wealth in our communities and that create wealth for our our families, whether you live in Alberta or, or in Saskatchewan. And and so we're always going to align, but most certainly with uh, Premier Smith, uh, uh, we worked well uh, together in the lead up to the election. I know we're going to align and work very well uh, in, the, in the months and hopefully not years, but months ahead. Um, uh, we're in defending and, and really putting up shields around um, how how those industries are operating and ensuring that they can continue to operate operate uh, competitively. Uh, for Alberta, largely, uh, the oil industry is uh, is a great portion of the, of the wealth that is generated there. There are largest uh, the largest oil producing province in Canada is Alberta. Uh, Saskatchewan and Newfoundland would be close uh, for a, a second largest. Um, and then we have a significant mining uh, mining element in Saskatchewan, and that's in addition to the agriculture uh, industry that really is the spinal cord of, of both of our economies. And so we, we line up very well on how we create our wealth, and so we obviously are going to line up very well with uh, protecting uh, the opportunity for our residents to continue to create that wealth. And uh, I think just ideologically, you'll see uh, a Saskatchewan Party government and a Daniel Smith UCP government align uh, very well in uh, ensuring that uh, our federal government, whoever they are, are respecting the areas of provincial jurisdiction. And you're going to see other provinces, I think, step into this space as well. Quebec has always uh, been concerned about the provincial jurisdiction. Um, but with the, the shifting sands uh, and uh, of the regulatory environment that's coming from the federal government, I think you're going to see other provinces uh, step into this space, either on a topic-by-topic uh, topic, uh, portion of the conversation or, or in general. Do you find that, uh, and we have about a minute, do you find that other premiers in other provinces are very uh, interested in, in this energy issue and the deadline set by the Trudeau government, understanding that it will affect uh, other provinces as well? It's going to afford on, uh, affect Ontario, it'll affect Manitoba, it'll affect the, uh, the Atlantic provinces, it'll affect British Columbia. It really affects every province. Every province that has either a natural gas facility that's operating or every province that may have a coal-fired facility that's operating and has an end-of-life out past uh, the year of, of 2030. Uh, so that's New Brunswick, that's Nova Scotia, that's Saskatchewan, that's Alberta, that's uh, on the natural gas side, all of those provinces, plus Ontario, uh, plus uh, you know many other provinces. So there, there's great concern, uh, and it's simply... Uh, we put it's because these these regulations are not uh, achievable. They're not okay. affordable, and they and we simply they they do not bring about a reliable 
electrical system right. for uh, our residents. And so uh, you're going to see many align, and uh, we look forward to the, the conversations in, in really defending and shielding the opportunities that we have as Canadians and not following the European uh, the European path okay. to higher, higher price power. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 